0: Hashem saftoid T'ina secha Hashem se fa siv tah Ho fi na secha Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose well, today is Purim, and so I'd like to begin by wishing everybody a Purim Sameach, a Feilich and Purim to you and to your entire families. Of course, Purim is a most auspicious time for prayer. As we read in the Megillah, Purim is a time in which we see the power of tefillah and how when a community comes together and prays, it can have such an incredible impact upon the entire world. And so therefore, I will begin this morning by reminding everyone that we gather here today and every time we learn together to learn as az'chus for Leima, for Ilana Chana Baskila we hope and pray that she have a speedy recovery. B'soch sha'ar chole yisrael. Additionally, before I begin, I would like to take an opportunity to apologize for not posting anything on Sunday and to recognize the individuals who actually noticed. I was quite flattered that people noticed. In over half a year, Sunday was actually the first time that I actually failed to post a twila message, and my apologies for that. Uh, the day completely got away from me. But here we are on the day of Purim, back on schedule. And of course, because today is Purim, I'd like to take an opportunity to share a Purim thought with you, of course, related to tefillah. And I would like to do so by way of a Gemara that I mentioned sort of in passing the other day. The Gemara in Shabbos teaches that at the time of Maimon Harsinai, Sinai, at the time that God revealed himself to the entire Jewish nation, and we received the Torah, a most incredible transformational event, which we read about several weeks ago in Parshish Yisro. so the Gemara tells us, based on a Pasuk that we read, Vayis Yatzvu b'tach Sahor. The Torah said that they stood, and we would translate this literally as at the foot of the mountain. But the Gemara tells us, bar'chama bar'chasa, melamed, we see from here, ha'kadosh In other words, the Gemara is relying over here on a Midrashic interpretation of what does it mean, and they stood B'tachtisahar. B'tachtisahar, as I said before, apipshat means at the foot of the mountain, but they translate it as under the mountain, which means... Shekof Masahar Kegigas, that a suspended the mountain of Har Sinai over their heads like a bottle cover. And he said to them, If you, the Jewish people, accept the Torah, good. and if not, Shom Tehei Kvaraschem. If not, you are going to be buried there. As if to imply, in context, that they were basically given a very clear ultimatum. You can either accept the Torah, in which case you could live. If you fail to accept the Torah, you will die. Now, this is a most surprising perspective, because we always relate to the moment of Maimed HaSinai as being not only a moment of divine revelation, but a moment of national acceptance. This is a moment in which the Torah tells us the Jewish people declared Nasav and Nishma, and we see this as a moment in which there was a very clear will on the part of the people. And we hear the Gemara seems to be telling us that's not so clear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu coerced the Jewish people to accept the Torah. And based on this, the Gemara says, Mikan, based on this understanding of Chazal, Modo'o Rabbalo Raisa." As Rashi explains, this would mean, should anyone choose not to perform the mitzvot of the Torah, they would actually have a pretty good excuse. They could claim that they were forced to accept the Torah out of duress. Because as a general rule, any commitment, any transaction, is one that has to be consensual. If somebody forces me to do something, to say something, to commit to something, so generally speaking, that is not going to be binding and so therefore, the Gemara says, well, if in fact we were coerced and we were told we have to accept the Torah or else we would die, so then maybe the Torah is not binding at all. And the Gemara gives a most surprising answer. The Gemara says, you know, on a certain level, you are correct. At that point in history, there was something that was less than perfect. There was something incomplete about sa Torah. However, says the Gemara, Nevertheless, kibluha then in the days of Ahashverosh, the Jewish people accepted the Torah upon themselves again, as it says, as we read in the Megillah last night and this morning, kimu v'kiblu the Jewish people fulfilled and accepted. What does that mean? So the Gemara is, kiblu kfar. There was a Kabbalah originally, many years earlier to Harsinai, but now they sort of reaffirmed that commitment. Whereas many years earlier, they accepted the Torah out of duress, Later in history, in the datas of Ahashverosh, of Mordechai and Esther, in the aftermath of the Purim story, they accepted the Torah out of willingness because they wanted to. So how do we understand this? This, of course, is a most remarkable Gemara, fairly well known. But how do we make sense of this Gemara, which seems to be saying on the surface that a most incredible moment, an awesome moment of Maimon Harsinai, was sort of ruined with this new vision that HaKadosh suspended the mountain over their head. So many explain that the Gemara is, in fact, not to be understood literally, but rather it is a metaphor that the Gemara is using to describe a certain reality that when you think about it, we all recognize. And that is that the moment of Maimon HaSinah, as I mentioned already, was a moment of divine revelation. It was a moment of Giloy Shechina. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's existence, was not something at that point that was subject to debate. Everyone saw, everybody heard, everybody experienced something that was truly extraordinary. And at that moment, they really had no Bechira each and every one of us has Bechir HaChavshis. We have the ability to make choices, to choose right from wrong, to choose good and bad, and it is that free will that is essentially, as the Rambam teaches in Hechosh Tshuva, that is the foundation upon which the entire Torah exists. Because if we didn't have free will, if we were forced to act in a certain way, so then why should we be rewarded for our good deeds, and why should we be punished for our sins? And so therefore we have free will, and we operate constantly with the ability to choose right from wrong, to decide if I'm going to go right or left, if you will. At this moment, at a moment of Maimed harsinai, temporarily, there was a suspension of Bechir Khafshis. It's not to be understood, literally, that the mountain was suspended over their head, but given what they were facing at that moment, given a moment of Gilo Shekhinah like that, they couldn't say no. Why would they say no? If you are looking at the truth in the face, and there is no other way to understand what is going on around you, so then why would you ever choose anything else? And so therefore, it's not that there was an ultimatum given, you must accept the Torah or you will die. They came to that conclusion. When they were looking at the truth in the face, they came to the realization on their own that we have no choice. Because failure to accept this is like choosing death. We want to live. We want to live a good life. We want to live a life which is rooted in truth. And at this moment... They had no choice but to accept the absolute truth that was right in front of them. And so, therefore, when the Gemara says, if so, if that's true, then really the acceptance of Torah was, on a certain level, flawed because there was no Bechir or at that moment. Really, their free will was suspended. And the Gemara says, you're right at that moment in history. However, there was a time later, in the days of Achashveirosh, a time which we'd call a time of Hester Panim, in which God's presence in the world was not quite as evident, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name is found nowhere in the entire Megillah, and things are happening, and the very existence of the Jewish people is now called into question, and they are facing a very dire existential threat, and what happens is a miracle, not a supernatural miracle, but a miracle that is embedded within Teva, within the natural world. HaKadosh Baruch behind the scenes orchestrates an entire series of events, bringing it to a climactic conclusion, and the Jewish people are spared. From one moment, they are facing doom and destruction. They go from a moment of the very, very clear threat, They are facing genocide. And just like that, they are experiencing a moment of, this is a moment of Hester panim, which is transformed into a moment in which we see, we discover God. He doesn't reveal Himself to us the way He did at Sinai. However, we discover Him. We recognize the Yad HaShem in our lives, and that enables us to now accept the Torah again, although this is a different type of Kabbalah Satorah. Whereas the Kabbalah Satorah of Sinai was a moment of Kaf Saharki Gigas, it was a moment of Giloy Shechina, this was a moment of Hester Panim, and they were able to come to realize and to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hand within the world, and this enabled the Jewish people to accept, to reaccept the Torah, not from a place of duress and coercion, but from a place of personal discovery. Kimu Masha So this is a nice Purim thought. What does this have to do with davening? What does this have to do with prayer? So I believe that each and every one of us could probably relate to the following, and that is that there are instances in our life in which we feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. There are hopefully moments, moments of personal Gilo Yishchina. Now, I don't mean to suggest that there are necessarily moments in which God reveals himself and speaks to us like he spoke to the Jewish people at our Sinai, Anochi Hashem but there are moments of clarity. There are moments in which we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives, and it is so clear and it is so evident to us. There is what appears to be incontrovertible evidence that I see the truth. And at moments like that, hopefully, hopefully moments like that, davening is something which is a more natural, a more intuitive process. Because of course, if I see the truth right before me, if I feel that genuine connection, so of course I'm going to plug myself in. Of course, I'm naturally going to attune myself to that awareness, and that will express itself through prayer. However, there are, of course, moments in our lives in which we are experiencing Panim. There are moments in our lives when we are either facing some very, very difficult situations, or perhaps we're just feeling detached. We're feeling disconnected. We are not able to access that same level of awareness. And there is a certain amount of suffolk. There's a certain amount of doubt that sets in. Not necessarily doubt as to whether or not there is a God in the world, but is he with me? Does he hear me? Is he listening to me? And this is part of the rhythm of life. We have moments in which we feel God's presence, and there are moments in which we really need to seek it out. And we, as Jews, daven every single day. We daven shachris, minchem mariv, whether it's a good day or whether it's another kind of day. Whether it's a day of giloy Shchina or whether it's a day of hester panim. And the story of Purim is one that should motivate us that should enable us to realize that in fact, the truest form of Kabbalah Satorah, and the truest form of cementing the amuna that we have in the Rabbonah Shalom, is dafke at times of Hester Panim. At times that God's face, so to speak, is hidden from us. I want to mention one other point. You know, it was exactly three years ago that the global pandemic, which completely disrupted our lives for quite some time, began. And I don't really want to talk about that now or ever, frankly. However, I would like to share a thought that I heard at the time, and I actually don't remember where I heard it, but it's very interesting insight. And that is that after the pandemic began, so shortly thereafter, word started to spread that we all need to be wearing masks. And for a period of time, in fact, everyone, for the most part, did. You wore masks, certainly in public, and in some cases, even when people were alone. And slowly but surely, people began to remove their masks, now is not the time, and frankly, this is not the forum, to discuss your opinions on masks, or mine for that matter. However, there was a time that we were wearing masks. And when we were wearing masks, our faces were hidden. When we think about the concept of Hesteponim, we typically think about it as being a time when God's face is turning away from us, where God hides his face. And in fact, that's true because the Torah itself says, Astir bayom HaKadosh bayomahu. Hu says, there are going to be times that I am going to conceal my face from you. However, there's another type of Hester Panim. There's a type of Hester Panim in which we turn our faces from God. And when we think about periods in life of Hester Panim, I think it's important to ask ourselves the question Is God turning his face from me, or am I turning my face from him? Are there moments of true Hester Panim? Absolutely. The Torah declares it as such. But there may be moments in our lives in which we are feeling Hester Panim. And when we walked around for a period of time and saw everybody with coverings on their faces, it was a powerful visual illustration of the fact that there are times that we could all be concealing our faces. And when we do so, we recognize that, in fact, maybe there is something for me to do to remove the covering from my face, to reveal myself, so to speak, to God, to connect to God, to attach myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, it shouldn't be lost on us that on Purim there was a tradition to wear masks. And of course, there's a lot to be said as to why we wear masks on the day of Purim. But along these lines, we can understand as well that Purim is a day in which we try to go ahead and to break through. That there are coverings, there are layers which prevent us from fully attaching and connecting ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And it is a day in which we try to break through that Hester Panim. And at a certain point, by the time the day of Purim is over, we are going to remove our masks. We are going to take them off and there will be a clarity. It will no longer be a moment of Hester Panim. And so therefore, as we gather here three times a week to talk about the importance of tefillah, let us remember that prayer is a perfect opportunity to nurture and to cultivate and to strengthen our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to remind ourselves that there are times in life in which it feels like a time of Hester Panim and it could be that for some reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu is choosing to conceal his face from me, but it could also be that I am not turning in the right direction. It could be that I am choosing to cover my face, that I am introducing barriers, and the day of Purim is a reminder that ultimately, in this world, the most meaningful connection that we could have, a Baruch Hu, is when it's a moment of kimo mo not out of a sense of duress not when HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is clear and evident to each and every one of us, but Dafka at a time of Panim. May we be zoche to remove the layers, to remove these barriers, to remove, when Purim is over, the masks from our faces, bringing ourselves closer at all times to the Rabbonah Shalom. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. E Purim Sameach, a and Purim to all. No, no.